You're the director of Rolling Social Events. That's right, yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, we've just launched Rolling Social actually this year, um, but we've been doing events since kind of 2016, so it's kind of been a bit of a slow process, but finally we're kind of we're official. Brilliant. And what kind of things do you organise? Uh, so it's usually, at the minute, it's a lot of drinks-led events. So it started with Leeds Run Festival, which started in 2015, which is kind of a bit of a labour of love, really, Yeah. for myself, because I was working with a run brand at the time. And then it moved on to us kind of looking at other drinks that we could focus on. So we introduced the Leeds Gin Fair, which yeah. the first one of that was 2019. And... Um, we're kind of looking at more food and drink-led events moving forward as as much as, obviously, social distancing will allow us, but we're hoping to do more food and drink-related events in the future. Yeah. And um, has that been quite difficult, the whole sort of lockdown and, and, and all the rules changing and things? Has that made things difficult for you or have you managed to sort of think outside the box? We've definitely had to adapt. I think it was... I very much feel like the people that do adapt during this time will be the people that will benefit the most on the when we can, when hopefully we start to come out of it relatively soon um, so so yeah we've, we've had to adapt really we originally we were supposed to have the lead gin picnic which would have been our first huge event it was supposed to be at Kirk's Lobby in May oh that would have been amazing yeah we had to cancel it which is a real shame and that was kind of the first time we'd gone down more of a kind of even though it's called gym picnic it was a quite a family friendly sort of affair with a kind of kids some kids entertainment lots of street food lots of gin stalls some really cool like cocktail activations and bits and pieces like that uh, but obviously when it got to April time we realised it wasn't going to happen so we had to put a pin in, Leeds, in the gin picnic um, and we had to start thinking about other things that we could do uh, throughout this year so we've we've introduced an event called Sip Along which is an online event yeah and it's for people to join in uh, via Zoom and they basically get a little pack delivered to the house with samples in and we invite a guest speaker to come along and talk about those samples so like an expert in the field and we had our first one last week and it was great we had a really brilliant crowd excellent yeah it was really lovely so the idea is that people can join along at home and whilst the experts talking about the drinks they can join in yeah exactly that so we had um one of the last ones we've done was paul from plantation rooms joined us and he talked about the range and he kind of talked about his own experiences traveling the world with an amazing job and did a really great job and everyone kind of had a drink together and it was really lovely because actually after the session had finished we left the room open for the people who'd attended to just have a chat amongst themselves and they, they kind of everyone sat around for like people that didn't even know each other yeah for an hour after the session just just chatted and I was like that's great because it's kind of the whole point of our events is to 
to create a space for people to be social. Yes, you'd obviously totally achieved that. Yeah, which was lovely. So it was kind of nice to know. I knew a few people that were on the session, so I'd come away from it, but people were still having a drink together. Yeah, it was lovely. And so do you think there's more scope for, for other things like that in the future? Yeah, so we can't, we've got um, a few other events coming up with Sip Along, but we're also going to try and go into the world of wine through doing it, because wine, obviously wine sales have gone through the roof. People <laughs> having a drink at home, which is great. And um, we want to try and adapt what we do, which is usually with spirits, and take it into the wine world. So we've got some great producers that are interested in getting involved including some of the producers who have some brilliant experts and masters of wine that are going to talk our attendees through their, their their brilliant wines so that'll be really exciting yeah that sounds fantastic have you been able to sort of um think about i suppose i don't suppose you have really because everything's so up in the air but have you been able to think about rearranging your um your gin picnic yeah we've spoken to we're doing it at kirk's labby i mean kirk's labby's really close to where I live I, I absolutely love Kirk's so I love yeah it's beautiful it's fantastic and Kirk's Labby is like our back garden so when we realised we could do an event there I was like this is brilliant yeah so we got in touch with them and they were really keen to do it and thankfully um, the event organiser at Kirk's Labby has let us move it into next year so we're hoping fingers crossed that moving into 2021 we could kind of pick up where we left off which would be great yeah let's hope so so when you co-founded the Leeds Rum Festival, what was it that got you, what started the idea for the festival and, and how come you were involved in that? It started from, I was working with a rum brand called El Dorado at the time um, as a kind of part-time job alongside working at, at Leeds Bar called Mojo. And I was working down in Birmingham at a rum festival down there and they had this really great vibe, loads of really interesting people uh, loads of stalls it was just a really brilliant day I remember it now and driving back from there with a friend of mine and we were like why hasn't Leeds got an equivalent the, the hospitality in Leeds scene in Leeds is booming it's huge we've got some incredible bars some great bartenders um, some really great operators and it was like well, why don't we have anything like this so we kind of just decided amongst ourselves that we were going to give it a shot and it was I think it was six weeks from um, six weeks from us having the conversation in the car to actually executing the, the event with like I think 350 people at the first one that's amazing quick, super quick turnaround yeah um, but it was brilliant it was just in the basement of the Corn Exchange we've kind of we've progressed since then and we now take over the whole of the Corn Exchange on an evening which is great um, but yeah that's kind of where it started and I love it it's my, it's my favourite day of the year I absolutely love it I bet it must take an awful lot of organisation. It does. Like, fortunately, we've partnered with some really amazing brands and some really great people who've been really supportive of us over the past four years. With, I mean, I've been working in hospitality since I was 20, so it's like 15 years now. So we've got some great contacts with people that are really... They love it because it's an independent event and also people that come from outside of Leeds always love having a night out in Leeds because, I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> and... So we've got some really great kind of people to partner up with. So now we've kind of got a blueprint to a really great event, which we can roll out each year. So it is tough when it gets, especially on the day, because we've got to get in and out of the corn exchange in a day, which is quite tough. I bet, yeah. But it's, but it's worth it. And the corn exchange is brilliant as well. Like Adam, who's like kind of manages the corn exchange, is really... Um, 
just super attentive and brilliant with us. That's great. And um, so have you learned a lot about Rum over your time organising this festival? Yeah, I, I mean, I like to think so. Mojo, when I was there, is kind of, they've got the rum room upstairs and, and rum kind of became just a natural thing to sort of lean towards. And then mm-hmm. I've had the, the a fantastic opportunity of being able to go to, to the Caribbean and actually see it being made. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to Cuba a few years ago, which was just absolutely mind-blowing. I bet. Um, and that was such a great trip because it's just, it's so ingrained in the culture over there. Um so yeah, it kind of actually seeing it and where it comes from obviously just just sparks something in in you, and it it is definitely something that I that I love. So yeah, I think I think I'm quite knowledgeable on it now, but you can always learn more, can't you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, and so gin obviously is a huge big hitter, isn't it? It's just got more and more popular, it seems. Yeah, it's massive. Like I, I mean, every year I think that people are expecting gin to kind of start to slow down a bit, and it just gets bigger and bigger because they keep thinking of new ways to do it and pink gins and fruit gins and tea gins and I even saw a Jack Cake gin the other day oh really (laughs) Um, so I think it's kind of I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon so it's been quite a good thing for us to get involved in Um, and my business partner is uh, one he's got a bar in the city centre as well called Headmist which is which is great but they very much focus on gin so it's kind of me coming from the rum angle and him sort of coming from the gin side really which is quite nice do you think there's a bit of huge sort of um is there a big difference between the origin of gin and the origin of rum? Yes. Um yeah, there is. It's kind of the funny thing about booze, I suppose, just in general, is that it tends to have whenever the human race has had like a waste product, with rum, for example, it's it's a waste product of molasses, which is the byproducts of making sugar cane or sugar crystals even mm-hmm. um, through the history of the human race having something going to waste what we do is we make booze out of it <laughs> um, which is kind of weird so it's the same with tequila um, gin's a little bit different it's got a bit of a murky history especially going through sort of uh, the time of like the black plague and and things like that so it's it's slightly different but basically it all comes from the same thing is that humans just have this um, this want just to just to get drunk which is great <laughs> Um, but yeah they are quite different obviously coming from different parts of the world but um the overriding feature is people just love getting drunk it's kind of stayed with us so in your 12 years at mojo you must have learned quite a lot um about the history of booze and the different types of rum yes very much i mean mojo was a huge part of my life i started when i was like 20 I think I was 22 when I started working there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up with it, really. And it went from when I started there, there was a mojo in Leeds and one in Manchester, and now they've got, like, five five different sites. So they're doing incredibly well. I mean, yeah, they, there's such great opportunities through working in the bar trade. Like I say, I've been really lucky to go to some incredible places, like Cuba was obviously one of them. I went to, I went to Mexico. Um, I've been to Poland, I've been to Moscow, like all of this is through through work. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um and Mojo really provided that for quite a high profile cocktail bar in the bar world really and they really provided a good sort of stepping stone for me, which was great. And through that you just get to see so much. I mean Mexico is hands down the best place I've ever been. I loved it. 
Yeah, I'm so jealous. I'd love to. I mean, the two places that you've mentioned are the two places that are next to LS Cuba in Mexico. Yeah. I noticed your little kind of thing is a Frida Kahlo, isn't it, as well? Like, I yeah. Like, uh, we got to go to the Blue House in Mexico. Oh, did you go? I would absolutely adore to see it. Is it as amazing as I imagine it would be? It was just incredible. I mean, we'd been, um, we got to go off the beaten track, like, massively, because where tequila's made is is in a place called Tequila. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, and um, Tequila Town in Arandas is, like, you have to fly to Guadalajara and it's way out. It's like a three-hour drive from Guadalajara. And we, we were lucky enough to come back through Mexico City. So, like, the, our, the day we were leaving, they were like, if you want to get up in the morning and go to the Blue House, you've got to get up at 7 o'clock and go. But there was a few of us that wanted to do it, and it really was. Yeah, it was great. It's just, she's incredible. She really is, yeah. She's definitely one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, so now you're also... On top of everything else that you do, you're also head of food and beverage at the Tetley, is that right? Yeah, so I've um, had, I've got a little boy, he's, he's three now, and um, being at Mojo, as great as it was, it was kind of very late night, a lot of travelling, going from like Liverpool to Nottingham to Harrogate, it's kind of, it's getting a bit much as a new mum, so mm. I was looking for something else, and this amazing job at the Tetley came up, um, obviously it's a, just a wonderful Leeds institution technically. it really is yeah yeah and then they've transformed it into this beautiful contemporary art gallery um, it was a really great opportunity so yeah I'm, I'm currently at the Tetley um, and loving it as well it's a, it's a great place to work obviously closed at the moment with everything that's going on but we'll be back soon yeah yeah let's hope so keeping my fingers crossed for all of the places in Leeds yeah well in the country really um, so you told me a little bit about you are looking at running some more home events for people who perhaps might be struggling to get out and about. Yeah, so we've ha- having started the Sip Along events, which have been going really well, I think originally when we started doing it, we thought it might last as long as lockdown lasts. But actually, seeing the demographic of people and the great guests that we've had coming along to the events, they're not. it's not just people that are affected by lockdown necessarily but maybe people that have got young children or maybe people that struggle to get out anyway yeah maybe people that just don't want to go into town because let's face it on a weekend it can be a bit stressful yeah um so we just kind of thought this isn't something that's just going to last through lockdown actually the world has kind of it's changed um and will have changed for quite a while so we're going to keep plodding on with them the um like I said, the next, we really want to, my business partner used to work at a great little bar called Epinay. Oh, yeah. Center, like a champagne bar. He's got a great, um, a fantastic knowledge of wine. And he's super keen to do some more wine-led events. So we're actually hooking up with the team at Latitude Wines, just down the call. Oh, yeah. Put together some wine tastings. And they've got some incredible contacts with some brilliant producers, like some really, like, niche kind of producers um and that hopefully we'll be able to kind of deliver these cool little packs so it'd be like you'd get six kind of small glasses of wine kind of thing in a pack and maybe thinking about pairing them with like cheeses and bits and pieces so it's like a little wine tasting but you don't even have to just open your laptop yeah kind of thing (laughs) that sounds fantastic and yeah like like you say i think things are changing so much and and even, you know, when they're talking about opening up pubs and things, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be... I mean, there's some people who just won't be able to wait, I imagine, but there's going to be other people who are going to be a little bit reluctant about getting out and about just yet. 
I think so. I mean, I, I must admit, I am, and I work in hospitality, and I know how um, how carefully the operators are really planning their comeback. Um, yeah. But I know that I'd be cautious. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm young and healthy, but and I'd like to think I wouldn't necessarily be badly affected by coronavirus, but, you know, we've got parents that are a bit older and yeah. completely understand the anxieties. But I know if I can offer any reassurance on a platform like this, I know that there's some really great operators out there being doing really great and safe, um, planning really really planning safely how people can go back come back into town which is which is good yeah and that's really reassuring to hear actually and um, how have you coped with yourself uh personally and with your business during lockdown how's it been for you i think it's been a little bit up and down actually at first uh, my other half works in hospitality as well and in kind of i don't i don't like referring to it as normal life but pre-coronavirus we were yeah pretty much ships in the night really because I was kind of going off during the day and he'd um he'd go off and do his thing at night so at first it was like we're together all the time as a family this is wonderful yeah um, and I think it was like that for like a good sort of five six weeks but now it's kind of taken its toll a little bit the campaign yeah. was sort of setting in and like I say I mean my anxiety is about you know I saw how busy town was um, this week whenever the shop started to reopen up and stuff and yeah that's just not something that I'm personally going to be wishing to go and do so I think it's trying to keep that I need a bit of a writing I'm a very sociable person so yeah just what I need to start doing now is tapping into seeing seeing pals in gardens and doing yeah. things that are safe to do yeah you know, yeah definitely down. yeah I'm just widening your circle a little bit yeah yeah I know exactly how you feel I mean I think I were I think I thought it was great for the first year. I mean, I really enjoy working from home and having time to reflect. But yeah, I'm I'm sick of hearing my own brain now. <laughs> Keep telling myself to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was working in the kitchen for the first few weeks and it was freezing and I was just like, this is awful. But it was kind of, yeah, it was just nice to have some family time. And my, my son is, you know, he's just, he's absolutely over the moon that we're just both here. All the time. Oh, I bet, yeah. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, have you always lived in Leeds, Sam? Yes, I was actually I was born in Bradford, um, but kind of lived in Leeds in my late teens, like kind of full-time. So I've moved, moved around a bit between um, sort of Hyde Park, Headingley, Horsforth, uh, and now we're in Kirkstall. So, yeah, I love it. I mean, it is... It feels like home to me. There's so much that I love about Leeds. And like I said, it, we moved to Kirkstall just because the house that we're in, we love the house. It wasn't necessarily about the area, but actually Kirkstall is, it's absolutely brilliant. I love everything about it. It's got everything you need. And I, I'm very much a city, a city bird. So I like that we're just kind of 10 minutes out of town as well. Yeah, that's always handy. Um, well, I know you just said that you've loved loads of things about Leeds, but can I press you just to tell me about a few of them? Like, what you think is the greatest thing about the city? Um, what I love about Leeds the most, like, I, it sounds daft, but I just... If I'm in the city centre, I'm always looking up because, like, the buildings are so beautiful. Yeah. I think it's a really pretty city, so it's, I really like walking around Leeds. I love that the city centre is quite small, and I like that within sort of 20 minutes you can be in these incredible green spaces. Like, through lockdown, we've learned... We've found so many new places to go for a walk. We've got a little dog as well, so we're kind of... We've been walking up to Beckett Park and 
through the woods and found all these new places to go where you can be out for a good couple of hours, sort of in the green, five minutes away from Kirkstall, which seems bizarre. But, um, yeah, it's that, I like how small the city centre is. That's kind of the thing that I really love about Leeds is it's a really small city centre with these incredible kind of suburbs to it. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Can you tell me something that you think is not so great about Leeds? I find that quite a difficult question, actually, because I do do genuinely love this city, but I think sometimes it can be quite... As I've got a bit older, I think I've learned to leave the weekend nights, sort of, that's not... Going out on a weekend night in in the centre of town is not for me anymore. No. That's less less Leeds' fault and more me getting a bill. (laughs) Needing needing a quiet place to have a drink. But that's probably about it, really. Like, I, I do genuinely enjoy it. I adore the city. Yeah, me too. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, and could you, if somebody had been a long-term resident of Leeds, would you be able to tell them about something that they might never have heard of that you'd consider to be a hidden gem? Yeah, the... Um, ooh, I was thinking about this a little bit the other day, actually, and there was a few things that were kind of cropping up. I suppose for me, it's always going to be in food and drink because that's what I do. So it's always the kind of yeah. really amazing little bar um, on North Street called Wax Bar. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just so much fun and they kind of they play everything on vinyl on a weekend and um, it's, they've just got a really great... Uh, they're really welcoming and just lovely, lovely people that, that work there and great drinks, great music, which is just so far up my street. <laughs> Um, and then I do love a roast, so I must say, like, the, my favourite place to go for a roast is called the Brunswick, which is a really tiny little place just by the Reliance. Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they do the most banging Sunday roast, so it's kind of, yeah, they're my two sort of, if you're not sure, if they're, like, little independent places that you could go for some great food and drink, that's kind of where I'd go. Excellent. And what will you be doing with the rest of your day today, Sam? Well, actually, today um, we've got another sip-along event tonight, so I'll be drinking whiskey. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing tonight. So I'll be putting my son to bed, and then at 7.30 we'll be clocking in with um, uh, with Carl Beach, who's the um, brand ambassador for McMyra Swedish Whiskies, and he's going to go through their range with us. So we've got six whiskies to try, um, which I'm really excited about because I've not tried them all yet. And Excellent. Do that and maybe have a beer as well. Yeah. Sounds like a really good evening. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming along and talking to me. I wish you the best of luck with everything that you're doing and hopefully I'll get along to an event at some point in the future. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It was great to connect with Sam and to hear how she thinks food and drink vendors across the city are working hard to keep us all safe. The featured song this week is gleefully raucous. It's called The Ballad of Jenny Horn and it's by Chinchilla Death Cult. Enjoy! Jenny Horn and a daughter with a broken hand, a pair of 
Picked up an enchantment and tossed it in the 